Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. All right, folks, Mr. Curiosity here. Schaefer, do you like when I call myself Mr. Curiosity or is that like a little hokey? Um, you know, there's some hokiness to it, but you know, you do you. Well, you need a, you need a bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So they're calling myself Mr. Bespectacled. <laughs> so the, the truth of the matter is, um, my friends tell me this too. I have a lot of curiosity and that's what got me into science. And there's a lot of things I need to know about people. And mm -hmm. uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about your life. Some things I've never shared with you that I, I can't hold back anymore. Uh, <laughs> I better grab a drink. So we're with Scott Schaefer. Uh, folks, there's going to be, of course, a video recording of this. If you're just listening to the podcast, you can always go to the WNEP YouTube page and you'll see all the videos of this too. But uh, podcast is the main platform that folks are going to listen to just think they're going to hear you while they're jogging working walking driving and they're going to look for you for inspiring moments and 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 topics of interest and they're going to go like this when they're driving whoa hopefully not with both hands <laughs> not with both hands and i want you to know i have this bell here when i used to do these recordings in the studio before the pandemic if a question is too weird or it's uncomfortable you just do that and it immediately stops. So if you want me to hit the bell, you just say bell. Bell. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'll see you later. It's over. <laughs> All right. So no, the first thing is I got to tell you this story. All right. So when did you start? May 24th, 1999. May 24th, 1999. Now it's putting together in my skull. Here's why I mentioned this. I started part-time in 1993. But I started full-time morning shift January 1999. So I was, yes, I was, year. I was there three, four months before you. Right. Full-time. And I right. remember there was, there was talk of this new anchor coming. Now, did you start as an anchor or a reporter? Weekend anchor. Weekend anchor. So there was- And reporter. And reporter, yeah. There was this talk of this new guy coming. So you know how it is. It's human nature. There's gossip. There's like, oh, who's this guy? What's he going to be? Yeah. <laughs> and I still remember that first day you strutted in and it was a sunny day and you had your glasses on as you walked through the newsroom, like the Carly Simon song. And I'm thinking, and you had a certain swagger and you had your sunglasses on for a good five, 10 minutes inside the building and a swagger and a look and a stance in a in a suit and everything was 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 almost like pompously correct and i'm thinking uh-oh who is this jerk that's he's not gonna last a week this guy <laughs> i just you know when you see a guy and everything is is perfect and he's got the glasses on too long the sunglasses i'm thinking what a jerk and the you were right you were right <laughs> first impressions are always 100 percent spot on no, you know that's not true. But the funny part about this is, and this is why I'm mentioning this before we get to your life, people still tell me today, uh, hey, I saw Scott somewhere. Or I saw, huh, huh. they don't know you. And they thought, ah, he looks a little pompous or arrogant or something. I'm like, listen, yeah. I'm saying, I tell everyone, I said, no, he's a great guy. He has that sheen to him. And I don't know why. You have that pompous sheen but it's really not true. How do you explain that? Do you agree? You know, 
Yeah, no, I think I absolutely, I mean, I've heard it too. You know, I certainly, you know, I'm not uh, oblivious to what people think of me. I think, you know, you and I are different in that way in that you, you are much more comfortable being the life of the party. Uh, and I'm not uh, outside of work. I mean, I, I, uh, having come through this business for so many years, you know, I didn't always work at WNEP. I worked at uh, several stations that were not particularly popular, weren't number one. So I never had this um, thought in my head that, oh, everybody knows who I am. You know, I always thought just the opposite. They don't know who I am. They, okay. they, you know, they don't know who I work at some obscure TV station and I'm not, you know, they, a few people here and there might know who I am, but I'm not going to walk around like everybody knows who I am. And I think, I think people take that the wrong way. They think I'm just being uh, aloof. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm quieter in person than, than I think people expect. And then when I am, am in a social setting and I'm not saying much, then people think I'm snobby. Yeah, no, because I get that too. When I used to be at my kids' baseball games and stuff, it's like, look at Snedeker. He's just standing there watching the game. And they'll say, oh, why aren't you like you are on TV? And I'm like, well, what, what do you want me to do? Tell jokes, juggle? I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just here watching Show you this, the game. This high pressure system that's moving on in from the Great Lakes. Yeah, so everybody plays the game when you're on TV. You you, you become a different person, and you might. I get it. Yeah, everybody's different at work than they are at home. Everybody is, I think. You know, yeah, everybody part. is. What? So, so it's a very good point. So, uh, maybe that's the, the the source of that reputation with you. Plus, let's face it, I'm a goofy weather guy. When you're the major anchor at a TV station, they already start out with that. Oh, look at him. Who does he think he is? And you have this stoic way where I don't have to because I'm just a weather guy. Whereas I think a news presenter, you're dealing with murders, you're dealing with accidents. You have to present yourself a little differently. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And you know, you're not just a weather guy, Joe, you are a meteorologist. <laughs> and a college instructor. Don't forget. There, oh. And a man I of bet. science, a man of science and uh, depth. But, but I yes. want everyone to say, and I'm not just saying this because I wouldn't have picked you for this a podcast interview that you're a cool guy. You're a fun guy. You don't take yourself too seriously. You're very witty. And I love you, man. I love you back, Joe. I just figured you ran out of interesting people to talk to. So I was, you know, you're going alphabetically. It's me. And then it's no, somebody no, what, T next week. And when you get to Z, you're just going to put the whole thing away. No, we usually do. We do outsiders, insiders, outsiders, insiders. We rotate the crops is what we're doing. What are you having a drink of here? That is just the generic orange juice. All right. For those who are only going to listen to this, behind him, he has a, I don't take you as a grandfather clock guy. What's with that? Uh, family heirloom. Family heirloom. heirloom. I, my, my grandparents raised me uh -huh. and I have some of their also, I mean, you want to talk about an old fashioned guy. I mean, I was old fashioned when I was 10 years old. Uh, so I have some, I have some, and my, you know, I have some very nice family pieces still that I've been fortunate enough that have been handed down to me. So yes, that is literally my grandfather's grandfather. Oh, oh my God. So that's not a veneer. That's real uh, mahogany maple. What is that? Yeah, that is uh, they call it the, the president. It's from <laughs> 1948. Whoa. <laughs> the president it's called uh, the president. Bill billion Rutherford million Rutherford company. And there's a plaque inside there. I can barely read. <laughs> You know what? Maybe everyone's right. You are a snob then with your big fancy uh, grandfather clock. I'm, I'm an absolute jerk. <laughs>
All right, so let's go back. You mentioned your grandparents. Do we want to say, yeah. or is this going to be a bell moment? Scott Schaefer, born when, where, what year? Go. Uh, oh, yeah, no problem. October 2nd, 1963, which makes me 57 and a half. I was born in Ithaca, New York, uh, I where I lived. I lived for about three weeks. <laughs> my parents split when I was literally a newborn, and my mother moved home to Reading with her parents, and my grandparents raised me literally from infancy in Reading. So your mom grows up in Reading, and she lived there in Reading. Yes, my father uh, was going to college in Ithaca. Uh, I guess you could say they had an unplanned pregnancy. Uh, was it you? Um, yeah. Oh, I'm, I I'm an only child. Well, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Wait a minute. Oh, we're getting deep now. So mm. here's this stud up in Ithaca. <laughs> here's the, well, where? <laughs> here's this. Here's this stud up in Ithaca. He sees this woman from Reading. What's she doing up there? Going to college? No, she, he was. He was from Reading. He went to college in Ithaca. They knew each other from Reading High. Oh, they were he both Reading to, people, but he went up to Ithaca. He went up to Ithaca to go to college. He was. He uh, was a um, very proficient violin player as a young man, which is a talent he did not hand down to his only child, I'm sad <laughs> to say. But I apparently at that time, Ithaca had a strong musical program and he went up there for that. So you are, I'm getting more hints now, the high-end, highbrow, snobby, violin dad, grandfather clock from 1946. I mean, this is all coming together. What? So what, what, what the... <laughs> What, what, what? Uh, or you could look at it, oh, you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> bastard child, you know, that you could go the complete other way, you know, whichever way you like. I didn't. So, folks, I'm not playing dumb here for the public. I didn't know this. So do, do you know do you have a relationship with this guy or no? My father? Yeah. Uh, no, no. So I, 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 I met him once when I was 21. Get uh, out of here. And, Whoa. And he was uh, a pleasant man. I mean, he was fine. I don't. I don't have any, I never had any um, bad thoughts, bad feelings, animosity towards him at all. Um, you know, I, I never knew anything different than growing up in my grandparents' house. And my grandparents' house was a wonderful place to be. They were wonderful people. I was, you know, comfortable. I was cared for. I had everything I needed. You know, I, my father at 20 years old wouldn't have not have been able to do that for him. So I think him leaving was in some ways as strange as it is to say him leaving was maybe the best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life oh no you can definitely argue that because some people have a child and they force themselves to stay together and they they're, they're not even compatible and then it's a life of misery and it's all for one child so so yeah no, and i you, can't you i can't argue it both ways yeah i can't speak for how my parents you know uh, how happy or unhappy they were after the whole thing uh, broke up but i I grew up in a happy house as a happy kid, and I just turned into a miserable curmudgeon as I got older. <laughs> did your did your <laughs> mom did your mom ever uh, like try to uh, uh, I don't know gloss over him or did, did put him in the background or did he say your dad was a great guy? Did she did she build him up, tear him down, or just ignore it? Are you uh, how? <laughs> How much are you ready for for this? Because oh, you're man. getting in, you're getting into the deep weeds, and I don't mind talking about it. But this is going to go a direction that you're not <laughs> foreseeing. So how how deep do you want to get into this? All right. How about we just we just scoop the surface? My father was gay. Oh, whoa! My father was a 20 year old homosexual, and and I don't think in Reading, Pennsylvania, in 1963, he was comfortable 
being that. And did your mom and, uh, know that at the time or is he in the uh, you know, own stage? You know, I mean, did she suspect? It's hard for me to believe that she didn't have an inkling. But, you know, back then you couldn't be a, a gay man. It wasn't right. done. Yeah. So, I mean, they, she, I know my mother pursued him and pursued him and pursued him. And finally he said yes. And one night together, guess what happened? Oh, wow. And, uh, See, yeah. So, so just getting back to your original question, did she try to gloss over it? She definitely glossed over that part. You know, I found wow. out about that later. Uh, and it was something a little kid doesn't need to know. Yeah. Wow. So, oh, that's very interesting. All right. Well, yeah. then we'll, we'll move on. But that is, that is, a. I mean, woo, boom. <laughs> Yes, my father has since uh, passed. My mother has passed. My grandparents are passed. So you know. Oh, I did not know. Myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, so when you're in Reading, you're going like a public school guy, regular guy, everything like that, or what? Both. I went to public school up through eighth grade in the Reading school district, and then I went to Central Catholic High School nine through twelve. So you graduate in uh, 1981 or whatever, right? Yeah. Class of '81. And that's just south of the WNEP border coverage area did you even know of wnep like in high school you never even heard no, of it no no and that's never. what uh, lehigh valley stations eight i believe or what is philly that? philly philadelphia philly. stations yeah eight, eight uh, is the lancaster. nbc affiliate in lancaster and we did get channel eight in reading but for the most part we were part of the philadelphia market although the philly stations never came to reading and you know unless there was a flood or something yeah that's bizarre and just north of reading you're already getting into a wnep land what's the next absolutely town? just what's the next town 20 minutes, 20 minutes north. Yeah. Going up to, uh, once you cross into Schuylkill County, you get to yeah. Deer Lake. Yeah. Oh, and then we're, then it's us. Oh, that's excellent. I love it. So, so you're in high school. Are you like, uh, are you like a nerdy guy? Are you like, um, you're, are you, are you in the book club? You, you're playing <laughs> football. I can see you playing a little, I think you see, I can see you junk man on the basketball team. Oh my God. A hundred percent. I was, I was, did you say junk? Cause that's yeah, what I was. You're throwing the, tr no, well, the three point guy, he's junk. No. No. A, we didn't have three pointers back then. Okay. B, no, I was, I was the hatchet man on the basketball team. I was the guy who, if you had an open layup, I was going to smash you into the wall at the end of the gym just wow. because that's the only talent I possessed. So big basketball guy. Good. I mean, don't be modest here. Not pretty good. Average, better than average. Lousy. <laughs> but you liked it. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to do something, you know, I didn't want to just be a kid. I wanted to belong to some team. So yeah, I mean, basketball, I was tall. I just wasn't, uh, I just wasn't very good. No coordination. Okay. You know, I, I, I mean, I had my moments, but I wasn't any good. And I can say this uh, without, again, me seeming like I'm, uh, uh, I'm trying to gloss you over now, but you're a smart guy. I get that vibe. Did things come easy for you in high school? You were, you were just an A student. You were, you were killing the no, grades. Uh, you know, I was an A student until I got to high school and then I got a little lazy and, you know, I wanted to be the party guy and the fun guy and the go out with girls guy. And then my grades, uh, did not maintain A's through high school. I've said it once, I'll say it a million times, those damn hormones through puberty ruin everything. They really do. <laughs> I, I would, but, but what a trip, what a, what a, what a great ride it was. <laughs> Up until I was like 11, 12, I was a Cub Scout. I was an altar boy. And then it's mm -hmm. almost like one day you wake up and you're like, uh, no, this is yeah. not, this is not good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you drop everything for the girls. <laughs> yeah. Sad, but true. And, and that holds true to this day. <laughs> if there's any women listening, you think 
you have a stronghold on us, it's stronger than you realize, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, true, true, yeah. It's like a gravity well that we can't escape. It pulls us in, you're grabbing the side, you're going down the hole, you can't stop. Yes. Although one thing- Never thought of it like that, but yes. I have a buddy who works uh, in, an, in a, uh, a senior facility, nursing home, if you will. And he said, all the guys there who, you know, their 70s, 80s, 90s, beyond. The women that age and, and older have their nurturing skills and they walk around with dolls. A lot of them who, you know, lost their cognitive skills and the guys are grabbing their rear ends. So it looks like we're going to carry this to our end, Schaefer. No, that gives us <laughs> something to look forward to. <laughs> I want to I go to the senior living with you, brother. <laughs> All right. So, so you graduate high school and what, 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 you, you knew it was going to be communication, journalism, broadcasting, how, you just communications. Yeah. I, I was kind of undecided until my senior year in high school. And then uh, I, uh, I always thought I, my, the family business is medicine. I come from a family of doctors. Uh, I'm whoa, 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 whoa. The how, black you, sheep of the family. What do you mean? What was that in your mom's side? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't okay. really know my dad's side too well. So yeah, my mom's side, my grandfather who raised me, his brother, my uncle, my cousin. But your biological that. dad, the violinist, are there doctors yeah. over there too? Uh, no. Uh -uh. No. Okay. So, so your, your grandparents, were they? They were teachers. His side of the family was teachers. Okay, both, of my grand, both of my paternal grandparents were both teachers. Yes. Gotcha. And you're saying your mom's side, there's some physicians there. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, but me. <laughs> yeah. How about your mom? What did she do for a living? She was a teacher as well. And your grandparents? A uh, doctor and a nurse, although my grandmother wasn't uh, practicing it anymore at that oh, point. My so, grandfather practiced right up till basically the day he died. So when, so now this builds the story. So when you come back and live with your grandparents and your mom, this yes. is not, this is not some uh, barely making it through living with your grandpa. This is, this is a big doctor. This is a highbrow structure. This is uh, a, a guy with some cash and prestige. Yeah. And he <laughs> definitely was. He, he was uh, also, uh, my grandfather was a child of the depression. So he was not, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he was not someone who, who threw his money around, who, who, who liked to, uh, to make heirs. He was very careful with the buck. Uh, Gotcha. You know, I turned 16. I didn't get a car. I didn't even get a chance to use his car. You know, oh, I, I, was still, I, I was still riding the bus. That's why um, you're a good guy then. I love it. So, yeah, so, I mean, so you, yeah. you're, like you said, surrounded by love and, and, and resources, but yet not, not like a spoiled little grandkid. He, he, I don't think, you know, I, I said, oh, only child, you were spoiled. Yeah, I don't, I, I wasn't really an only child. It was kind of like the, the fourth child of my grandparents and oh. 14 years younger than their youngest my, oh. my youngest uncle. Oh, but yes. Um, yeah, that, that I kind of was raised like that. I mean, I wore, I would say I wore hand-me-down clothes, but I did. I wore my uncle's clothes. I wore my grandfather's ties to high school. You know, I didn't have, I mean, these kids I see today are dressed to the nines. I was wearing, you know, sweat socks and moccasins. I hear you, man. That's why, you know, they call the World War II guys the greatest generation ever, and I agree. But we're and not he was one. But we're not that far behind because, you know, even if you had money in the 70s and 80s, it seemed like no one had all this luxury. It's, it's always like you wear hand-me-downs and, and you, you had to work for your car and you get a job at Burger King. It was like it was a hard life. Even if you, your family was okay, it was mm -hmm. still you learn hard work ethics and you're grounded. Where did that go, right? 
Well, I'm not as pessimistic. I think it uh, still exists. Uh, you know, the world's different now, obviously. You know, I mean, we when we were kids, I just, you know, and I lived in the inner city in a row home in downtown Reading, you know, with parking meters in front of my house. I mean, I was on a busy street in a oh, busy are. downtown and I would just leave the house and go. You know, I didn't say, hey, I'm going to, you know, Chris's house right now. No, I just left, yeah, came and, back and for I dinner. And I think our generation, you and me and our kid, I think we ruined our kids by not doing that. My parents too, great loving family, but it was like free range parenting back there. Like, oh, mm. go. Yeah. Go, yeah, have I, fun. Could we do that now? I don't know. I mean, uh, we're both sure. parents. My son is younger than yours, but I no, mean, can you, you just can. let the kid no, run around can't. now? No. I don't think you can. It's you different. can't, but, it's, but we're, we're structured into this thing now and they're growing up bubble wrapped snowflakes yeah. right and it's yeah. not good maybe it's an experiment who knows well you know i i always say you know when i was young the older generation was like oh the younger generation i know yeah so we're falling uh, you know that, so i'm trying not to the younger generation is different they're being raised differently but i i'm still bullish that there'll be a, a fine generation as adults i like your attitude with that uh, I have this question for you. Speaking of that, I've always wondered when I was in college, I went to Millersville, just south of Reading. Yeah. I called my parents on a Friday and said, Hey, could you come down and uh, pick me up and bring me home? I want to come home this weekend. It wasn't even an option. Why wasn't that an option? Did your did your grandparents ever or your mom? Let me tell you, I, I had to I had to uh, I went to LaSalle in, in North Philly. I would have, I mean, my grand my grandfather. I think he took me to college once yeah, and he was, he, he never came back. He never came back again. I, if I wanted to come parents. home, I took the subway down to center city, uh, Philly, got on a bus, took the bus back to Reading and then walked home from the bus terminal. That's what I'm talking about. Same with me. Why wouldn't that generation bring us back and forth? What did they think? Why didn't they do that? Why? <laughs> It wasn't even an option. Like you never think he, he was your too busy watching Lawrence Welk. I mean, gee whiz. <laughs> and now my wife is like, oh yeah, we'll go visit our daughter in college and we'll bring her pots and pans and we'll take her out, <laughs> and we'll take her out to dinner and we'll bring her home. Like that wasn't even an option back then. No, I think they were yeah. Here, here's your but my grandfather did buy the bus ticket. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I mean, nice. He did buy me the bus ticket. So oh, man. give the man credit where credit's due. <laughs> So when you were at LaSalle, were, were you playing basketball there or just doing No, no, that's, no, that was way, way above my talent level. Now, LaSalle's a Division One program, and, and those guys can play. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I was just a generic, you know, frat boy, party guy, bum. Is that right? Mm. The ladies loved you, though? <laughs> uh, nah, you know, some misguided ones here and there, but nothing, nothing too much. So you bust out of LaSalle and uh, now you're thinking, what? I got to get a job. What's the first move there? Uh, actually, uh, thought, uh, I mean, I graduated college in 1985 as a communications major, which was kind of just before a, the big explosion of like cable TV. You know, oh. only you still only got your basically four or five channels on your TV. And, uh, you know, no, there, there weren't all this wasn't all this going on. So I went to grad school for a semester. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it was not a noteworthy uh, experience. I didn't last long. You know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I was definitely done being a student by then. So I was, uh, it's a funny story. I was, um, I was uh, sitting around, it was about 
like November of this fall semester of grad school. And I realized I was not long for this grad school world. And I'm thinking, well, I'll go back to Reading, get a job. And I called a high school teacher of mine who was a priest from Central Catholic who had moved on and become um, the spokesman for the, the Allentown Diocese for the bishop uh, at that time, uh, okay. Thomas Welsh in Allentown. Uh, Father Sosnowski was his name. He's from Mahanoy City. And uh, just thinking about him, uh, that phone call changed my life. And I just called him out of the blue. He kept in touch with me all through college. And he always took he always took a liking to me. But you were in need of guidance. Is that what you did? Yeah. Well, you know, and it was at the point where I was like, you know, I need to start calling people and saying I need a job. You need to see your Yoda. You need to see your Yoda. Yeah. Yes. So I called uh, the people I called. One of them was Father Sosnowski. And I said, you know, listen, I'm going to leave school. I'm coming back to Reading. I'm going to try to get in the executive training program at Boscov's, which is, you know, if you're in Reading, Boscov's is the number one employer in Berks County. And, uh, and he, you know, he was uh, very supportive and whatnot. And we hung up the phone and he called me back the next day and said, you know, there's this little cable station in Allentown that we work with, the Bishop works with, he does a show there once a week and they have a newscast and they need a reporter. And if you're interested, I can get you an interview next Monday. No. He walked, he took me to the interview at the station at Service Electric Cable in Allentown and they hired me basically on the spot with no experience whatsoever because I walked in with this priest. And here's an example of one human being making a difference that propagates down through time in your life. If that hadn't happened, you might be a defunct manager of Boscov's. Yeah, I'd be a, you know, maybe a, a buyer, you know, buying, uh, you know, automotive parts or something. I don't know. Yeah. But a teacher, Joe, a teacher, a teacher changed my life. That's excellent. But when you, what, what I'm missing here, when you graduated from LaSalle, you weren't mm-hmm. one of those aggressive, now I'm going to go find a job. You thought you'd delay it and go to grad school. Why didn't you just say, I'm going to go get a job? Why didn't, why there didn't weren't, you? there weren't jobs to be had. There weren't, oh. I mean, I, you know, I mean, um, there were so few television jobs back then. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, again, uh, I mean, this ta- this station in Allentown was a fluke. It was a little cable station. They kind of had a vanity project going. It was a local newscast that they made no money off, but you know, they were a cable company and had a lot of money, so they could they could kind of put it on as a as a, a bonus for their subscribers. So that yeah, uh, but that's where I got my start. Did that get your eyes on the prize? Did you feel the saliva flowing? I mean, was that <laughs> the beginning? Were you thinking this is it now? It was what I, I was what I was meant to do. Get out! I, of here. I knew it from the get go. Yes. And how long were you there? I was there about seven years, actually. No, you uh, were most, not. Seven years. Yeah, most of my 20s. Making and, a living. Uh, yeah, making a, actually a, a good living. And Allentown was a, it was a fun place to be as a, as a young man in the 20s, you know, a young single guy. I mean, Allentown was kind of happening back then. It still is happening. I don't want to, you know, say that it's oh, died cool. off. It's, so, yeah, so, and uh, so it was a fun, fun. I have friends down there who are some of my dearest friends to this day. <clears throat> And you're single, you're, you have an apartment at the time, that's what you're doing? Yes, yes and yes. Yeah. Yes and yes. Women coming in and out. Uh, <laughs> you give me much more credit than I deserve. <laughs> I don't even know why I keep dwelling on that, but anyway. Uh, so so when did that start to peter away thinking, now I need a new journey, or no? Uh, when they fired me. Well, now why a fire? Is this going to be a good story? 
I they fired me. I, you know, I was sitting at my desk. They said uh, you need to come oh, upstairs. I I came upstairs and uh, walked out. You know, got escorted out of the building. But whoa, 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 wait! But if you're doing a good job, you're passionate, you're loving it. Did you know this was coming to an end, or were they just trimming the staff, or did you do something wrong, or you weren't performing? What was it? There's a family-owned uh, uh, company and station, and I think some of the people in the family maybe thought I was getting too big for my britches. I'm not saying they were exactly wrong. Um, well, we're getting you know. back to the pompous thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it you comes know. back to that every time. But, you know, uh, it was funny, and I, um, uh, I remember telling a friend of mine who was in television then, I said, you know, I just got fired and he, I was on the phone with him and he's like, that's the best thing that could have happened to you. And I, I, I can't imagine how that can be. And he says, no, you needed to get out of there. Uh, and, uh, he was absolutely right. Get out of here. So yeah, I had another, wait. I had another job uh, within about three months at the ABC station in Harrisburg. So, but, but when the firing happened, did you know, did you feel a sense of dis distaste from them or no? It was total support. Oh, definitely. Yeah, oh, sure. Somebody fires you, you're not like, you know, thanks. You know, I mean. No, no, I, but I, did you sense it was coming is what I'm saying. No. Oh, you did not? No. Wow. So now you go to Harrisburg and how's that? Well, I was a weatherman. What? <laughs> <laughs> a morning weatherman. So uh, watch your back, brother. This is my pet <laughs> peeve. Here's my pet peeve with that. If someone goes to see a doctor because they have a busted knee, but you never see the doctor, you see a spokesperson who is a good presenter and speaker of information. Right. Wouldn't you want to see the doctor? Wouldn't you be like, I want to talk to the doctor. To he, I want him to explain to me what's wrong with my knee. I don't want a spokesperson. So anyone out there who does weather without a science background, I have a problem with because weather needs to be explained. It's a science. You can't just have some guy with a communications degree, no offense, give the weather. I have a problem with that. No, that's probably why I got fired there too. <laughs> <laughs> you, so did, did you like it or what? Did you, did you? Um, you know, I was, I'm a news guy. Uh, yeah, I needed I a job. Uh, they had a job. Um, they wanted somebody who could do weather and still go out and report news. So I was perfect candidate. Um, you know, my first job at service electric, I did have to fill in doing weather. I, I did, you know, I hosted polka shows. I hosted a program called understanding your church. Um, so I had a, a wide variety of experience coming out of Allentown and, uh, you know, I, I could do it, you know, uh, but I was, I was miscast in that role. I really was. And, uh, you know, I did that about three years and, and it was out the door. Could you tell me what cold air advection is or no? Nope. No. And you really don't know the science behind something like a cyclone or a cold front or, or really? Well, what? I mean, I know a, a cyclone is, uh, no, but I mean, what it is essentially a low, a low pressure cyclonics, a low pressure system rotates counterclockwise. Okay. Uh, so you got some of the basics. What's average yeah. pressure on planet earth, you know, average air pressure. No, nah, no idea. <laughs> I understand it's been 20 some years since I've done this, Joe. So you're a weather fraud. Uh, I'm on everything fraud, brother. <laughs> no, you're not. So you, get, so you get fired from that, and then what? Yeah. Um, 
followed a girlfriend. Uh, she had gotten a job in Detroit at a TV station. I went got a job in Flint, Michigan, which was just about 45 minutes up the road from Detroit. So it's that gravitational and, well that we spoke of. A woman drove you uh, west. Bingo. Yeah, got oh. there. Uh, was Got there. Within three weeks, she broke up with me. So I was in Flint by myself. <laughs> uh, but Flint was a great experience. It really this was. This is the best uh, podcast ever. Uh, thank you. This is you me every week. There's the SMS boys. Yes, this is a lot. Of, there's a lot here to unpack. Yeah. How are we going to get to the brown bag? You have so much going on. I love it. Yeah, the hell with the brown bag. So, so she dumps you, and you're now you're in. What are you doing out there? Uh, I was a morning news anchor and uh, reporter, and uh, you know, it's Flint's a great news market. I mean, there is there is stuff going on up there. There was no shortage of uh, of news stories. I mean. General Motors was in Flint. Uh, they had yeah. huge national strikes while I was there. Uh, Kevorkian was from just outside of Flint. His trial was going on while I was there. Um, and you love this stuff. This is I really yeah. I was I got to, I was doing national live shots on some of these big stories. It was it was a wonderful experience. It really was. And this is your first time, basically far from Reading, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far from home. Yeah. And did, did you did you did you settle in? Did you dig in, or did you miss home? Or I missed home. Yeah, I never, I never, I never really settled in uh, in Flint. Um, and when my contract was up, they uh, the general manager took me out to lunch. He wanted to keep me. He was going to promote me to five o'clock anchor. And I I turned him down. I I said, you know, I I, I appreciate it. I really love this station. I appreciate everything you've done for me, but I just don't fit in here. Yeah. You know, it's a very outdoorsy type area. And I'm a, I'm a city boy who grew up in a row home, you know. Uh, Is that right? Wow. And I wanted, I was, I was homesick. So yeah. I left the job with nothing. This is 91. This is 99. 99. March 12th was my last day in Flint. I came home. I had I owned a house in Allentown, and uh, throughout all of this, I had bought a house in Allentown. And even after I left, I still owned it because I had friends who rented it from me. Oh, okay. One after another. So if my friend William was living in my house, and I said, you know, but I I, I got to come home and <laughs> move into the house with you for a little bit here till I get a job and get settled. And he was we're great friends, so that was yeah. not a problem. And I was home for about three days. It was a Friday, and I was sitting there in Allentown, and I thought I have to do something today to at least try to get a job. Yeah. You know, I can't, this can't go on. I've been off since March 12th. This is probably early May at this point. And uh, I drove to Scranton on a whim with well, my well, resume. But wait, stop. So why would you pick of all stations? Why didn't you go Philly? Why didn't you go, uh, you know, West towards State College? Well, what makes you say I'm going to Scranton? Why that? Well, and did you hear uh, of WNEP? I know. Oh, I know of WNEP now. now okay, I mean, so, no, but then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, at so, that point, so, sure, of course. Yeah, so WNEP is you know, a, a. Yeah, you know, it's I know. I knew of all. I knew of all the stations in in Scranton. You know, I've been in the business for you know ten some years. Oh, but, I see. So, so you knew WNEP had the reputation of being a powerhouse, and you thought I'm going to give it a try. Absolutely. Whoa! Yeah. So you show up randomly. Walked in the front door. Um, no, you uh, for some reason, uh, I'll, I'll mention her name and I apologize. Denise Slack, Slack who we both yeah. used to work with. She was not the receptionist, but she was on the receptionist desk the moment I walked in. Filling in. So, filling in. So she probably didn't know the, the protocol for this. So I walk in and say, hi, I'm Scott Schaefer. 
Uh, I, I used to uh, work in, at, a, at the ABC station in Flint, Michigan, and I was wondering if I could speak to the news director, Paul Stuber. Now, no. Having been in the business, this is this is a game you play. Can I talk to the news director? Why don't you just leave a message with me? You know, right. kind of thing. Great. Can I can I go in and meet meet the news director? Why don't you just leave your resume here at the desk, and we'll we'll be in touch with you. That's the game that's played. So well, I yeah, walk the in. The appropriate say, question is, do you have an appointment? And right, you something say like no, that, which yeah. I did not. Yeah, and, and I knew. See you later. Goodbye. And I knew, I knew I was not going to walk in and just see the news director. That just doesn't happen. So I walk in. I say, yeah. Um, Scott Schaefer from Flint, can I see the news director? So Denise picks up the phone, calls the news director, Paul Stuber, and says, there's Scott Schaefer here in the lobby to see you. He says he's from Flint, Michigan. Well, Stuber, the news director, had connections. He had worked in Detroit and knew people in Flint. So he comes out to the lobby, and I'm standing there, my eyes are this big. I didn't even shave. No. I didn't think I was going to see anybody important. I honestly had not even shaved. He comes out and we talked for about 10 minutes. And he called me the next, the very next day and invited me up for an interview. And I met the general manager and they hired me on the spot. So I was no, out of work no, from March no, 12th no. to May 24th. This That's is how I got a lesson it. for people out there. Just throw some darts in the dark. This, Why not? You got to try. You never know. I called a priest one day. I've had a TV career yes. for 30 years. I walked in the front door of NEP one day. I've been here for 22 years. So so did we lose someone at the time? Is that why you originally came up to fill a void? Did I had no idea if there was a void. I oh, just needed a job. No, I, uh, I, and what I learned subsequently was they had an opening for a weekend anchor. They posted it. They had some internal candidates who, who tried out for it. And they decided they weren't going to hire anyone, and they pulled the no. they pulled the job posting down and never filled it. And then I walked in, and they gave it to me. Unbelievable. Yeah, which would cause some hard feelings with a few of uh, of our coworkers at that time who wanted that job, and so what? Who the hell is this guy? You know. And then within a week or so, I see you coming in in the day with your glasses on, leaving them on too long in the newsroom, and they're on. Right, yeah. I remember the, the, the post on the wall. The post always says, yo, we, we're going to welcome this new employee. He or she starts in three weeks. Mine said, he starts tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, is that cool? Yeah, well, it was a, a, a blessings that I, I don't know that I deserve, but I've been just fortunate. Amazing. We'll talk about then how one person can make a difference. The reason you're there and I'm here and we're talking to each other now is because of Paul Stuber, because I was a science teacher working part-time at WNEP, and he's the one that broke my arm, twisted it to come full-time. Same time mm -hmm. he was hiring you. Yeah. 99. Yeah. There's one guy who made us do this. Well, not made us, but you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he changed my life. Yeah, no doubt. Wow. So, so that first week, two months, three months, year, whatever you're at WNEP, did you say immediately, I love this place or what, what did you feel? It's a, it's an easy place to, to like. I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a professional operation. Um, and I mean, the success speaks for itself I mean, it's a good place to be. I mean, having worked here, could you go work for a number three seller dweller somewhere again? I don't know. That'd be a, that'd be a different pill to swallow. Well, that's where I like to ask people like you, because remember, I have no broadcasting TV background at all, nor was it in my um, uh, desires. I'm a science guy. 
So mm-hmm. this is my only place of employment in the broadcast realm. So you're saying it's different from a lot of other places? Because you oh, night and day. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I know that's the old that's the old saying in television when you switch stations. Uh, same circus, different clowns. The, the clowns here are this is a this is a heck of an operation. I mean, there's just but why what. Well, uh, you know, I, I can only speak from the news side. I mean, what, what you guys do in the weather department is, is you know, foreign to me. But, um, I mean, just the, the checks and balances, the, <clears throat> the expertise from people who know this market inside out and know what, what plays and what's important and, uh, and things like that. You know, uh, uh, the, the focus on covering the entire market. I've been at stations that were that you know, we're in big, big market, not big markets, but in sizable geographical markets right. that only covered one little region. You know, in Flint, we yeah. covered Flint. Saginaw had its own station. In Harrisburg, we covered Harrisburg and the Lancaster station covered Lancaster, you know. NEP covers everywhere, you know, and, and, and does a pretty good job of it. And it's wonderful, it's a great operation, it is. I love it, that's great to hear. From a guy who doesn't know broadcasting, it's great to hear. And Clearly. you come off then, yeah. So from the beginning, when I first started uh, interacting with you, do you have any early memories that maybe I don't? You and me. I don't. I mean, um, I don't know, like aside from that sunglass yeah. incident, what? First, <laughs> first time, first time I went to the St. Patrick's parade, I only had one piece of green clothing, and it was a WNEP poncho. And I saw you, and you're, like, you can't wear that out in public. What are you doing with that? Yeah, you 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 dressed me down. In front of a girl, I might add. <laughs> and we've been buddies since. Uh, yeah, you know, you're you're hard not to love, Joe. <laughs> so here we are today. You go through some uh, uh, ripples along your journey at WNEP, whether mm-hmm. it's, uh, I mean, you've had some promotions. Now you're our big shot evening anchor. And you you are the perfect anchor to me because you're passionate about news. You're passionate about politics. You're you're level-headed, you're good-looking, you got the square jaw, you look like Superman. I mean, so to me, you're the uh, perfect WNEP anchor, and you, and you don't take yourself that seriously, too. So I love you, man. Thanks, man. Is that how yeah, you get me on the morning shift with you, man. We would kick butt. I mean, I mean, Williams is nice and all, but let's be honest. Yeah, we only work together a couple times. Well, not more than a couple, but it's so far in between. Yeah, space sometimes space. they put us together at noon sometimes, and it's always fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love you, man. You're a funny guy, a good guy, a clever guy, and you got it all. Mr. Newscast right there. And everybody loves yeah. you that I talk to, except for those who say you're pompous. No, they're not wrong. <laughs> all right, so let's do some of this. You want to do some brown bag? Bring it on. All right. So these are questions submitted by the people. And um, I don't really preview these things. I, I look That's at them. Good. I printed them out, but I don't like read them. This one, whoa, this one gentleman uh, sent a bunch. Oh, no, this, I'm sorry. This is a printout of my phone screen where people were messaging me. So, all right. Oh, this goes with it. Are you ready? Right on. Cindy says, do you consider yourself snarky? Snarky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd be lying. Uh, there are certainly some times when I am snarky. Yes, I, yes, clearly. Yeah, I try not to. I need to be better about not being snarky. But uh, it's all right. Idea. So there you go, Sydney. He is a little snarky, and he admits it. Do you know a Mike Yoroski? Yeah, I love Mike from Pottsville. Oh, is that right? He just says, "Tell yeah. Scotty I said hello." He loves you. 
Yeah, I love him back. We've had some uh, had some fun dinners in uh, in Schuylkill County. I love uh, you know it's close to home for me. I, I really uh, I, I enjoy a night probably more than anyone. <laughs> well, because you're snarky and pompous. Bingo, that's what it is. That's where all the snarky, pompous people go. <laughs> uh, Anthony uh, Alio says, do you miss judging the Super Santa contest? I didn't know you did that. Yeah, I did it every year. And I, it was just this past Saturday, and I had to miss it because my son had a basketball tournament in New York. So I was down there, and I'm sorry. It's uh, a fun event. Uh, benefits the hose company up there in Childs. And, uh, you know, the people can make some serious Super Santa. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, these are my people in the area. It's an Up Valley yeah. thing. There are some people who never even heard of Super Sata, uh, yeah. and it's this dried, it's almost like pepperoni, only better. Is that how you yeah. describe it? Yes, yeah, uh, and some of it, I mean, some of it's really, really good. They make their own, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, they hang it from sh from select sheds and dry it out, but the problem with it is high sodium, high fat, so these are two things that you're supposed to stay away from, you know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I remember somebody complained that why why would they let me judge a super side contest when I'm a Dutchman, uh, and I guess they have a point. No! I should be judging a scrapple contest. <laughs> All you need is taste buds and you can be a super sad, sad uh, contest guy. All right. Steven super says, Stone, uh, I think you need to get to the bottom of him matching ties with Lisa's outfits. Have you ever seen the movie Heartbreak Ridge? So what is he getting at here? Because I don't watch your evening news. Do you still match ties with Lisa or no? Or is that like yes. a, you, and, you and Charlotte did that, didn't you? Yourself? Yeah, we started it. And then we gave Lisa a little time to get acclimated before, you know, we started, you know, barking orders at her. No, she's she's such a great sport. She's she's into it, too. I guess As somebody somebody did it at a I think one of the New York stations and uh, somebody told me about it. And Charlotte and I like two nights in a row or something inadvertently matched. And we said, you know what? Let's give it a whirl for a while. And now it's a, uh, it's a talking point. I mean, but it's a little, it's a little TV cheesy. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, the next, next thing you know, I'll be out in the backyard wearing shorts. <laughs> so see, I'm getting him defensive. I love it. <laughs> speaking, speaking of TV cheese. Yeah. What I am a big fan of, because I'm not a news guy, I have no interest in news or politics or anything. I'm a science guy, but I love your talkback segment and how you're so witty and clever. And I will tune in just to see that. So, can All you right. You stay, staying up late on a Thursday night to watch it? I'll, I'll, I'll watch the replay. I'll, I'll watch it um, elsewhere. But I really love that. That's my Oh, thank you. So, so thank is you. that just, is that like, a, that, I bet you that's a labor of love for you because it's a lot of extra work, but you love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are sometimes uh, there's a week here or there where I'm like, why did I bring this, you know, burden onto my shoulders? I need more work. Like I need a hole in the head, but, yeah. but when it comes out good, that that's such a great feeling. And do you think you make enemies with that? Because like me, you say a lot of things maybe that get you in trouble because some people take it the wrong way. I, I don't know. Cause it's a, it's a little rough on some people. Maybe it's sarcastic. Do you feel like, mm -hmm. Do people ever go to you like, how dare you say that? Why? I, I think by virtue of what we do for a living, there's always going to be people who aren't going to like us. Yeah, uh, like they're not going to like something we said. So I, you know, you just got to kind of let that roll off your back. Yeah, but some people have the vanilla, cheesy, I'm so nice to everybody, fakey, fakey crap. You yeah. don't do that. 
That's what I like about you. You don't do that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm too arrogant and pompous to even hear something like that. <laughs> and snarky. Uh, oh, look at this. I like Scott. You mean the same guy who hates 90% of all taste tests mm -hmm. from Robert Bonner. I like that how you do that too, because any taste test seems to involve something that's been added to something that didn't need to be added. It's almost like yes. when they, it's almost like when they had things added to classic cartoons. Who did they add to Fred Flintstone? It was Bam Babu or Boo Boo. Oh, I, I just see that that kid Oliver on the Brady Bunch. Same thing, Oliver. Yeah. But right. when, they, when you start adding things, they need to be criticized. So when they make all these foods, like, do we really need strawberry flavored? Uh, meat or potato chips or something. No. So I'm glad you do that. But do you generally dislike a lot of those things? I I do. I I, I don't have a very adventurous palate to begin with. Uh, you know, I eat bland foods. So I mean, you give me this this crazy stuff. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. If it's a if it's a local food, I won't be so quick to to um, to discount it because you know obviously I don't want to hurt someone's local business. But mostly, you know, if it's you know, some kind of you know, last week we had s'mores Oreos, you know. Yeah. I mean, do we, we need, need that? Do we need no, that now? Regular Oreos were always fine with me. So that's funny. I mean, I'm a boring guy. I've been called bland and boring with my appetite also. Like I can yeah. have, I can have noodles and butter the rest of my life and I'd be happy. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I eat grilled chicken, broccoli and brown rice every night at work. Every night at yeah. the same time. Food is not a big deal for me either. As a matter of fact, I eat just because I want to get it over with so I can go do other things. That's how food yeah. is for me. Right. Yeah. You know what I want, Shape? Do you like this idea? When I sleep at night, I want an IV of nutrients going in me. So then I don't even have to eat at all the rest of my life because it slows hmm. me down. Do you like that idea of an IV of nutrients? No more eating. Can you have a glass of wine with that IV? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's up to you. All right. Uh, Robert Priest says, my big friend, uh, my my friend, Big Jim wants to know if either of you ever accidentally cursed on the air. I've come yeah. close. I've come close. I dropped a what the hell once. Yeah, I've done a couple hells, too. Um, but I don't think anything above that. Maybe the. No, S no, no, no. I, I dropped away. And that was in the 90s. And I was mortified i thought i'm i'm fired i will i'll be escorted out of here by noon and no, you know this before social media but nobody called to complain you know i went to the news director with my tail between my legs and told them what i said Dang hell what the hell yeah i said what the hell and that's almost okay now isn't it yeah i mean i i, I guess it was okay then <laughs> <laughs> how times have changed yeah oh no doubt no it's doubt. Funny, yeah, it's funny. I can speak for you. When you're on air, your brain gets into a whole specific focus mode and all curses and um, um, things you shouldn't do and say get pushed in the background. Yes. And every, and every once in a while, a couple bleed through for me. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. This may be a bell moment. Here we go. Okay. Keep it Corey, handy. Corey says, do you do some type of dance video? Is he referring to this? Here's why. Does being a good dancer make you a better lover? <laughs> I was in a, uh, a dancing with the stars type contest. Uh, we're going back, you know, like 15 years now uh, okay. at the Woodlands. Uh, uh, and I won. Hey, 
So uh, I, I would have to say con- yes, yes. His answer, so? The answer is yes, no doubt. What? Being a better dancer is going to make you a better lover. Well, you know, Joe, <laughs> I, I know I've burst your bubble here today, but yeah, no. You know what? I hate, rebound. I hate dancing. You know how they that say- surprises me because I could see you. <laughs> no. No, no. You know how they say dance like no one's watching? Right. When no one's watching, I'm still not dancing. <laughs> That's the truth. All right. Would you um, would you rather be forced to drink an entire container of ketchup or ranch dressing? Ketchup. Yeah. R- ranch is gross. Mm, it's not my fave. Yeah, I'm a I'm a ketchup guy too. As a matter of oh, fact, yeah. I consider it a vegetable. You Put know? it on everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is another taste test question. Um, Carol says, "What do you eat? You never, ever seem to like Carrie's taste test, but I look forward to your reaction every time." So you agree, yeah. With that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What do I eat? I eat bland foods. A lot of the same. Chicken stuff. and rice. Chicken, rice, broccoli. Boom, boom, boom. You know how I justify having a poor diet? Now, my diet is, I wouldn't say it's poor, but it's a lot of carbs because I'm a high energy guy and I need to carb all the time. I have like pasta and breads and sandwiches, pierogies. Mm-hmm. But I drink two 48 um, ounce bottles of V8 low sodium every week. So I Really? Get, yeah, yeah. I getting mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm getting like 50 servings of vegetables a week through V8. Hmm, not a bad idea. That's why my skin has this wonderful glow. Is that what it is? <laughs> or is it the pimples it's making? I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's a good look. Are either of you Apple or Droid users, and how current is your phone? Kurt from uh, Montoursville. Um, what kind of phone do you have? I have a Google Pixel. Whoa, that's rare. I don't think there's many Google Pixels. And are you um, a big phone guy? No. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a necessity. Um, but no, I, you know, I <laughs> my last two phones I lost in the exact same way. Put it on top of the car and drove off. No, did that you twice. Did not. No, you twice. did not. Twice. And then do you realize and go back and see it or no? Or you just well, you realize and you go back and try to find it, but yeah, no. Get out of here. So uh yeah. I had an apple and then I couldn't get another apple because i didn't know my password or something so i then i went to uh um the other one samsung and i didn't really like that phone that much and then i left that on top of the car too so this is the this one's okay it's fine i find myself oh there's my dog barking i find myself a little jet easy buddy i find myself uh, a little bit addicted to my phone because it's music it's connection with family members it's it's Facebook, which we do, it's science articles, it's weather data, it's everything. I have no problem saying I love being on my phone, but I'm not one of yeah. glued to it. It's no, yeah. It's everything tied into one thing. I love it. It is. All right. In your opinion of Chihuahuas, um, are they sausage-sized packets of demonic energy or sweet little doggies? What do you think? Are they sausage-sized packets of demonic energy? <sighs> Or are they sweet little doggies, chihuahuas? You have a, is there a correct answer to this? I, I've, never, <laughs> I've never had a chihuahua, so I'm, 
I, I have no idea. I love the sausage-sized demonic thing, though. That's creative. <laughs> I'll go with that. But so well, the, I think the deeper question is: Are you a a little doggy guy? Are you going to put a little bow in your dog and put it in a basket and walk at the park? Are, are you that guy? I've never had a dog. Never had a dog. No, had a cat. So when I was in Flint, I had two cats. I love them. Uh, but uh, now, now I have a kid. He keeps me busy. Now, do you feel you don't have a dog because um, you're not loving in any way? Where is everybody? Hey, I'm over here. My mother-in-law's here. I'm doing some stuff here, though. You, yeah. <laughs> Tell her I said hi. <laughs> Scott Schaefer says hi. Hi, Scott. <laughs> She's like, who? <laughs> do you think Scott Schaefer, our evening anchor, is he? Does he come off as a little pompous? Did you hear that? No. She loves you. Oh, <laughs> she's the best. Great. You're great and she loves you. There you go. Oh, All right. <laughs> love her back. Right, last one, then I'm going to let you go. Here's is it. Um, if you were ever trapped in a combat with some fantasy monster, what would your weapon of choice be? Assuming it would be equally offensive. Are you a sword guy, a spear guy, an axe guy, a dagger guy, or a bow and arrow guy? So you're trapped in combat with some fantasy monster and you have to mm -hmm. have a weapon of choice sword spear axe dagger bow and arrow spear spear why just so just so you can just so you're gonna be like this you're gonna be uh right yeah you can keep distance from the from the monster uh bow and arrow I, i'd be afraid i wouldn't know how to do so a spear chuck it Boom. That might be, this Dead. must be from like a psychologist or something, because <clears throat> I immediately went for the axe. I'd like to be right there going, mm, watching it get slashed and die right in front of me. Take that monster. <laughs> I think, I think this podcast just slashed and died right in front of you. <laughs> All right. We're, we're in about an hour though. So it's about <clears throat> over. We usually do an hour. I thank you for your time. Is there anything I left out that you want to work in? Um, no, you know, no, tell Williams, I, I miss you guys in the morning. I think people don't understand that we never see each other. I mean, it is rare that you and I run into each other at work. I know so, yeah, there's those special so, days and it's like, I see Santa Claus when you come in. It's I'm, I'm all excited. Yeah. <laughs> so, so give my love to, to Williams and Mindy and everybody on the morning crew. I miss them. I will. And thanks for uh, doing this podcast. I found it extremely interesting. And so do uh, a lot of people watching and listening. I know it. Sorry, that's the, the fire firehouse siren going off. Now, I don't know if you hear that, but that must be time to end. Mr. That's... Curiosity is saying goodbye, my friend. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity.